Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Katie Zafaris, which the pronunciation is close to that. Um, Katie is an Olympian. She competed in Rio. She's an ITU triathlete. She's she's an all-around rock star, and I'm going to let her introduce herself more and pronounce her name correctly. Welcome, Katie. Hello. Um, yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. And also, uh, you got pretty close. Katie is a fierce. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I am triathlete, but I also get to travel with my husband to some pretty cool places and um, have an interesting background because I've only been doing triathlon since, um, I guess, 2012. Uh, so I became a professional in 2013. So I'm relatively a new triathlete in the grand scheme of things and come from a soccer, lacrosse, uh, before swimming, uh, and then before that, like all the other sports you can possibly do because my parents got me involved. So it's been a pretty wild ride these last few years. Yeah. So that makes me wonder actually, because you got, I know you were recruited by USA triathlon. Um, when before you started triathlon what did you want to be when you grew up a teacher i went to well that was the final thing i decided i wanted to be before triathlon um sure there were many more before that but i went to i originally went to syracuse university to be a um, physical therapist and that was what i was kind of planning on doing and then uh, halfway through my time there i decided i wanted to be a physical education teacher. I think I'd always wanted to be a teacher. Um, my mom's a kindergarten teacher. I remember like having American Girl dolls and one of my favorite things was like playing school with them. And um, I think uh, I was kind of talked out of it, but ultimately that's like what I really wanted. And I love like the family life that it has. So that's kind of what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I still, I guess I still have time to do it. I'm not sure where I'm going to go after triathlon, but um, that was it. You still have lots of time to figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Although, do you feel like you have an opportunity in your current lifestyle to teach or bring some of the aspects of being a teacher? Oh, for sure. I mean, I really enjoy like going even to schools and have gone in for like question and answer sessions or like even just teaching um, like new triathletes or people reaching out to me for tips on triathlon. Um, I really like when I feel confident with something, I just really like the education aspect and um, just telling other people what I've learned, whether, and it may not be in the sense of like, um, like math or numbers or skills like exactly that correlate to what you learn in school but um, I think people still appreciate it <laughs> absolutely what what have you learned so far and well I don't know if this is too big a question to say as a triathlete or maybe if I should ask you what have you learned so far this year or this week oh well, this week I've learned that you shouldn't say no to a workout just based off mood. Um, <laughs> Tommy, uh, my husband, who also trains with me and uh, is a big part of this whole journey for me, today he decided that um, my nickname should be Rally Cat <laughs> because I've been rallying this week when, um, like a couple of days ago, I was just in this funky mood where I just wanted to cry before every workout and every single one I did anyways and each workout was solid but it was just kind of like a struggle to to do it but then after each one I was like really happy that I just didn't say like 
oh, I'm just going to do an easy swim or I'm just going to do an easy whatever it's supposed to be. And then even today, um, I was pretty tired at the end of the week and I got thrown in a workout that I wasn't expecting. My uh, bike ride went like 30 minutes longer also than, than I was expecting. And then I had this hard swim and I like messaged my coach. I was like, I don't know, might be time for like a Katie special because that's what we call it when I get discounts in training. <laughs> and um, <laughs> And then I went to the swim and I did like decent times and everything. So I would say that's like the biggest thing that has been this week is just um, giving, giving myself a shot when I don't feel like it. (laughs) How do you do that? How do you do like the first two steps, first few strokes, like when you're in a funk, how do you get through like the, how do you get started in your workout? So I think the, I mean, for me, the first part is um, communicating it and like realizing what's going on um, and like talking to like Tommy or my coach or friends or family or whoever really, just because once I voice it and get it outside of me, then it kind of stops the track of just like re-going in my head and like you can be productive with it rather than just kind of turning it over and over in my brain which is what I've done in the past um but also just starting not with the sense that I have to like be a superhero or like win or have this amazing day but just like that me starting it okay like going up the hill today which was like my workout was to go up the hill hard. It's like, okay, I'm going to build into it. And like, we didn't even end up building into it. We went hard from the start, but because I had that mentality of like, all right, well, I'm just going to give this a shot. We'll see how it goes. And like, it, it's just like, for me, that's the biggest thing. It's just like, at least getting myself into the position where I can possibly attain my goals for the workout, even if it's not the initial ones I I love that you put words to that because I realized that is also my technique and I didn't realize that until right now I will I'll tell myself to build into it and then I I end up not but giving myself that permission that's what I need it's like the space I need yeah like I think just to um just give yourself a starting point (laughs) yeah and give yourself some grace too be like you don't have to you don't have to be an absolute superhero right off the bat yeah exactly okay let's get to i have actually a couple of friends asked me a few questions to ask you so i want to get through those before i forget about them (laughs) um the first is about traveling so the grand final is in gold coast australia this year and i've got a few friends uh, top age groupers going 16 hour flight. What's your advice? Yeah. How do you uh, arrive ready to race? So I think for like Australia, it's a bigger one. So if you have the opportunity, um, I would say that getting there earlier is going to be better. Um, whatever that means for I know people work and have other things going on in their lives, kids and things like that. So there might not be the biggest opportunity, but even if it's just like a few, a couple more days being that it's Australia and pretty much the farthest you can get from us (laughs) in many cases. Um, And then also um, just getting on that time zone, I think is the biggest thing. And getting right on Australia's schedule and not allowing yourself like to nap and kind of succumb to the jet lags and things like that. So I even start on the plane. Like if I'm going to get there in the morning, then I'll try to sleep on the plane the whole time and not allow myself to watch movies, even if that's like the time it is. Um, And then once I'm there, I never look back. Um, I don't want to know what time it was where I, where I used to be. I don't want to know why I'm feeling tired or anything like that. So, um, making sure that I'm just committed to that new time zone and like taking like a 20 minute nap is okay, but not like sleeping seven hours. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, not looking at your phone or starting to do something, uh, like 
that's going to engage your mind, but just really fighting it out and laying there and maybe taking some melatonin <laughs> um, to kind of put you back to sleep. But um, I think that would be the biggest thing. And for me, like, depending on when I'm racing, I start trying to do whatever activity at that time. So once I get to the race, so, or even if you can, if it works out that you're not going to be running in like the middle of the night, <laughs> if you're still in the U.S., you can actually start changing. So getting your body ready to race at those times. So depending on what the time changes, I would be a lot better at answering this if I knew <laughs> what the time change was for Australia, <laughs> but I, I can't think of. It might be like about 12 hours. Okay. Yeah. So like it might work out that like if you were racing in the morning that you start like doing your runs or whatever at night, just because that'll be the time in Australia. Um, and then I think like for me, one of the biggest things is my preparation um, and really feeling like I know the area, even if I've never been there. So like I'll go as far as, put, you know, the little man on like Google maps Mm -hmm. um, that you can put down onto street view. Like if I want to see a course, I'll go through the entire, the entire course with that little guy taking all the turns that I can so that I know the course, even though I've never actually been on it. I did that for, um, the Rotterdam grand final last year. And it was amazing because I'd never been to that course. I'd never been to the venue. And as soon as I got there, I had like, I knew my surroundings. I could like put myself like into that place. And I was like, Oh, like there's that building. There's that. Like I, I knew, I knew how to position myself. Um, and then also with on that same line is like finding the grocery store, finding like food that you might want to eat. If you don't want to, um, maybe you don't want to go out to eat cause that takes too much energy. So like I've used like delivery apps and, things like that, things that you can think about like so much further in advance because of the internet and like getting other people's opinions so that by the time you're actually like at the actual race venue or in the place, you can um, you, like, you can really already know, okay, like here's a good grocery store. Like, and it makes it so much easier once you're there. Yeah, that, those are really good tips. Um, before I get to the next one, which is actually about food, I want to talk about Rotterdam briefly. It was wicked cold. So how, what's your advice for racing in the, in the cold, cold, cold? Mine would be embrace it because I love it because I, I see it as myself. I see it as a strength for myself because I look at other people and I'm like, Oh, like I can do this. And, uh, <laughs> I know other people will struggle and let it get to them. So I think just feeling like it can be your strength um, is something that is beneficial. I also find that like um, for don't shy away from training in inclement weather sometimes. Um, if you know that your races might be in areas that have rain or cold or things like that like when you would maybe be more um drawn to the trainer or like riding inside or running inside maybe just i'd like go outside and embrace the different elements because i get a lot of confidence from like riding in the rain if i've ridden in the rain before a race that's in the rain then i feel way better about it than if it's like oh no like it's raining and all i've been is in dry weather on dry roads um and then also just having like before, like when you're warming up and cooling down, making sure that like you have the, the right clothing or the right, um, the right things with you to make sure that you're warm and um, just well prepared, I would say. Have more stuff than like too little and over prepare in that sense. Yeah. I can say from experience from the age group race in Rotterdam, I thought I had all the clothes I needed, but it was really cold before the race. I needed like three layers yeah. of pants instead of just one. <laughs> yeah. Cause like even things like, I mean, hand warmers or like, well, really affordable, really affordable uh, training clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because 
I would buy like gloves and socks and things like that just so I knew I could have them and then if I had to leave them behind or lost them like I wouldn't be so sad yeah that's a really good idea I know that's what um everyone does for the Boston Marathon is starts in throwaway clothes Okay, so next question from a friend is, what do you eat in particular? Like, what are your snacks? Oh, I eat a lot. Um, (laughs) It's kind of different depending on where I am. But I would think uh, based on like when I'm home and being in the U.S. where I'm like kind of most comfortable, most in my element, um, I really like smoothies as my snacks. Um, I'm a big fan and I typically do like the banana, frozen mango, honey, peanut butter type mixture, or, um, sometimes like put like tart cherry juice and add a little like, well, this one doesn't go with the tart cherry juice, but sometimes I'll add like protein powder in. Um, I like doing like, oh, I do a lot of carrots and hummus and it's funny here because you don't really buy like mini carrots here so that I always have like horse carrots <laughs> huge um that's a big one um I eat well in general not so much snacks but I eat a ton of just like frozen vegetables because I hate cutting vegetables and I'm um I eat oh, so many frozen vegetables broccoli cauliflower I eat a lot of brussels sprouts a ton of brussels sprouts beets I eat a lot of um any meats really I'm not really that picky we've been on a burger kick lately and um lots of eggs (laughs) I think I eat like three to five eggs a day (laughs) so uh, those are kind of like my go-to foods and then like oatmeal if I'm hungry or in the morning sometimes who was your race morning breakfast So it kind of depends on where we are, but um, white foods, like just white bread, oatmeal, like the most bland, easy to process foods ever. Um, Sometimes with like butter and jam on them or things like that. But I really just try and eat whatever's going to sit well in my stomach and whatever, um, to an extent, whatever is available. But if, say, like if we go to a hotel and the breakfast doesn't have something that I need, then I'll go to the store and get something. Um, and then sometimes I'll get like the baby food uh, pouches that are like banana and apple or things like that. Cause they kind of are just like easy to get in. And um, it kind of just depends when my race is, how many, how much I'm going to eat or like what I use to snack bananas though are a big one. Cause I just know they sit well. I love, I love the baby food packets. I'm a big fan. Me too. I mean, they're so easy. I had someone at the checkout once ask me like, do you have a little one at home? No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, there's like, whenever I'm standing there, like looking next to all these other people with families, I'm like, well, maybe they can tell. Maybe they can't. (laughs) But maybe they don't know. They're like, which one would my kid like? And you're like, I know which one I like. Yeah, maybe I should ask them which one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I always stay away from like those, like, I'm not a big fan of like the real food mashed ones. I like to stick with just like the fruity ones. <laughs> like, I'm with you on that. Like not the real baby ones. <laughs> yeah, I don't want like, I don't want spinach coming out of a sweet pack. No. <laughs> like the banana and strawberry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so... I think I've covered every all the requests, so let's get into <laughs> let's get into other stuff. Um, can you just share with everyone how you got into triathlon? Yes. So um, I guess the very very first triathlon that I ever did um, was right out of high school, and it was a Father's Day triathlon that my dad had um, asked me if I wanted to do with him and. I have two other sisters, but apparently I was the guinea pig for it. And so Are you I said, yes. Nope, I'm the middle. Oh. <laughs> so, um, But it was something that I thought I was doing for him. And then I later found out that he had thought I would be good at triathlon. So he had asked me to do it because of that. And then when I told him yes, he's like, 
oh no, like I have to learn how to swim. And <laughs> so we like did it together. Well, together. I mean, this was like, it was a 400 meter swim in the pool and then like a 15 mile bike and a 5k run like at our local, at a local swim club. And so you go off in waves. So I went and my dad's like a big guy and he was swimming and he was like the scariest thing I've ever seen was like watching him swim. And then he got to a turn like for the wall and the lady told him, Oh, try backstroke. And like, I'm like, no, like <laughs> don't try backstroke. And he was like getting tangled in the lane line. Like, Oh, it was just so, I mean, he could put his foot feet down and stand up, but like, <laughs> it was like, hard to watch but he made it through and it was it was like a really really fun experience and since then he's done it I've done it a couple times with him and we actually won one year for the father-daughter like competition so that was exciting my mom was just telling me that he wouldn't get rid of the award because she's going through everything at the house right now um and then um since then my brother-in-law my mom and my older sister so the only ones who haven't done it yet with him are my younger sister and then my husband, Tommy. All right. So when's that happening? Well, we have to be there. <laughs> and we're never home. <laughs> and my little sister, she was supposed to, but she is, she is kind of failing on her job. So maybe she keeps, I think she says maybe next year, maybe next year. So we'll, we'll see. I, I hope that they do it though. But I guess that was like, my initial triathlon that I ever did. And then I kind of, I mean, I did that with him, but like then went to university for running, didn't swim at all while I was there and then got recruited by the collegiate recruitment program from USA triathlon because they recruit athletes who either swim division one with a running background or run division one with a swimming background. So I was the latter and it was at the time I was still running and I had a fifth year. So I wasn't going to be able to start triathlon until I was actually finished with my scholarship and things like that. But I kind of got started a bit and did a few triathlons my, that my run coach let me get do when I didn't have cross country eligibility and, um, and went to like a collegiate recruitment program, like, kind of training camp at the Olympic training center, which was amazing experience. So kind of just from there, it just like snowballed. And like I was given, I got really lucky with the timing because that program was developing just as I was finishing college and figuring out what I wanted to do next and willing to say yes to anything because I didn't have like that many set plans or things like I was applying to grad schools. I was thinking about if I wanted to go to like start a teaching job, I had all my certifications and I had an opportunity to go out to the Olympic training center in Colorado Springs and learn about triathlon. And I chose that one. <laughs> and when did you meet Tommy? I met Tommy in 2013 in Tijavars, Hungary. That's almost as hard to say as our last name. um but that was um it was super special because I it was one of those times where um people kind of say like when you know you know and I never really had that feeling um and then I met Tommy and like I met him for like one day went back on the plane home made some really big life choices and we've been together ever since then and um, it's just been amazing and it was nice because he wasn't scared away from me after this crazy girl he only met once was like I really like you <laughs> so um, yeah that's how we met that's and it was at a race but <laughs> it was it was through triathlon we weren't just both in tizzy but <laughs> it was a race there <laughs> Um, and what's it like training and racing and traveling and living? Like you guys are together all the time, right? We are, we are together all the time. And I have to say that's been a big learning experience for both of us. I would say, um, 
it's something that is the biggest blessing in the world and also really, really hard sometimes because you're always together and there's no separation really between work can play and triathlon and daily life and even Tommy's um, he works for he trains with me but he also works for uh, the ITU which is the International Triathlon Union so when we go to races he's doing social media things for um, the or not the federation but the oh why can't I think of the word the people who are the organization who put on the races. Um, and then he also works for our sponsors, Roka. So he does um, social media for them as well. And then he also does photography. So, um, so it's, it's like, I think now that we're getting the hang of things, it's so nice because I'm able to like communicate more to him what I need from him. But we would get into a lot of trouble before when he would kind of guess what I wanted and it wouldn't necessarily be what I wanted or like I I have like I used to have me Mondays <laughs> which would be Monday I would just go and do things alone and there and I really think Tommy is a valuable like secret weapon that's not so secret for like my training and racing and support and everything like that but I'm also a pretty independent person as well and um so it's been good to learn that balance of what I like would like to do with him and what I wouldn't like um and making those calls and communicating it well to him and not just being like no like getting really annoyed and mad and then him having no idea why that's happening (laughs) but there's like some days we go to the pool and I make him swim on the other side of the bulkhead so I can't (laughs) see him He swims really fast. Or there's like days like today where I said like, can you swim my pace? Because I knew it was going to be a struggle. So he's like, he swam kind of with me to push me. But then when I asked him, I was like, are you swimming for me or for you? Like after one of the intervals and he's like both. And I was like confused what that meant. (laughs) And then afterwards he, afterwards later, he's like, well, I swam the same, like, I'd swim whatever you were swimming for the first 50 and then I would hold that for the next 50. So if you were, if you were going slower, you'd have me as like a carrot. And I'm like, ah, okay. So, (laughs) so, um, but I, I think I've also learned that he actually knows more than I ever gave him credit for in the triathlon realm, at least. (laughs) Did he get started before you? Yeah. And his skill set's different than my skill set. So what he's, I mean, he was a swimmer and went to the Olympic trials for swimming, but he also, one of his things that he's really good at is like bike skills. And that's a, that's a weakness of mine. And he would like tell, or like, and he's really into details and I'm more just kind of like, I'm just going to work hard. And so when he would tell me to do things or that maybe like, taking a little more ownership into some things would be like a good idea. Sometimes I would blow him off and be like, you're not my coach. Like Joel's my coach. And now I think I give him a little bit more respect where I'm like, okay, like, will you help me with this? Or like, (laughs) can you critique me? But sometimes he does. Another thing we learned is that I'm not always ready to be critiqued by my husband. And it is different receiving that feedback from my spouse versus like anyone else. And so um, sometimes he'll ask me like, can I give you feedback? And I'll be like, not right now. (laughs) So, um, but I think, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's amazing as much as it is difficult at times. It sounds, I love hearing, it sounds like communication is your key. Yeah, I was going to add that again at the end, but I was like, that might be overkill if I say it again. <laughs> oh, it sounded pretty loud and clear to me. Do you, know, do you know about the five love languages? Yes, and I really, really enjoyed it. I read the book, um, and it's funny because we have very different ones. So what's yours <laughs> and what's his? So I can't even remember. Well, this is bad. I can't remember, I can't remember what they are. So they're... Um, <laughs> Uh, words of affirmation, acts of service, um, physical touch, uh, 
quality time and gifts. So his are quality time and I think words of affirmation are probably his and mine are, can you name them again? Sorry. Uh, physical touch, <laughs> gifts, um, words of affirmation, quality time, and acts of service. So mine are acts of service. And then I, I really had a hard time like narrowing it down to one other, but I guess like acts of service gifts and words of affirmation kind of so i find it tricky my husband's a um acts of service i'm words of affirmation like as our top ones and sometimes it's funny because he's saying i love you by doing the dishes and yeah i'm just like thank you that's a great favor but i don't see it as yeah. i love you <laughs> yeah. so how's the communication with the different love languages so i think for me like he would be trying to help me. And I think for a lot of it, it's just like different things, like things that I appreciate, like you're saying, it's like, well, I just expect that. <laughs> but um, like for me, I would take like the thoughtfulness of like, like a gift not being like just buy me something, but like just, oh, you were thinking about me or like going like, let's go out to dinner. It's like things that are non-related to triathlon, whereas he'll kind of give me like, um, try to help me more in sport. And I guess what I look for is kind of like more out of sport things or like, oh, you made dinner for me, <laughs> like things like that. Um, and then for him, his is a lot of quality time where, but he doesn't necessarily like doing things, but it's like, me paying attention if he wants to show me something that he's interested in like not just blowing him off like oh you're watching skateboarding like that's cool i'm gonna like look at my phone while you're doing this or like watching even if it's just like watching youtube videos together like really engaging in those moments rather than just kind of being passive like oh that's cool or like on my computer doing something else so i think the biggest thing is like actually like being well and I mean, who doesn't want someone to be like present with them, but like taking that interest in it. Yeah, that's interesting. So do you like watching skateboarding videos? No, I don't understand it. It's not that I don't like watching it. It's that um, that all looks the same for me. I can't appreciate it <laughs> because I don't understand the difficulty. I mean, I can look at it and know that I can't do it. But to me, all the same, all the tricks look the same. <laughs> like um but we'll watch surfing sometimes and I do like watching surfing um and we really like watching um so we really like watching dance and have gone to like different dance concerts and things like that um so we'll always watch the YouTubes of World of Dance and those are things that I really do enjoy watching with him that's awesome we like yeah. watching those too <laughs> yeah yeah they're so cool Okay, so I have a few key questions for you. Actually, before I get into more triathlon questions, I want to know, oh, I have so many questions coming up at first. First, let's talk about being a nomad. Okay. You are pretty much a nomad. You're traveling all the time. I am, yes. <laughs> What's that like? It would be impossible if I didn't go, if Tommy wasn't with me, but with him being with me, it's really cool as long as I take the time to appreciate it. Um, and I found that a big part of enjoying being a nomad is um, looking for like the positives and things and like feeling comfortable. And there are some times where it's just really hard. Um, like, and it's not so much as like being on the road, it's specifically being away from family and friends and um like my older sister my nephew was born uh four days ago and not being able to be there for it and like that's really tough and i missed every nephew's birth so like um so the that's like the hardest part of it but then besides that just realize 
realizing what a cool opportunity this is and that it's probably not going to last like my whole entire life and that at one point I'll get to settle down. So um, just taking the, not taking these experiences for granted. And I think that was one of the biggest, it's one of the easiest things for when I first got into the sport and was traveling and then going into like the Olympics, I think I made triathlon more of a job, um, not in a positive sense, but in like, it felt more like work and, I wasn't, I was like so narrowed in on like the goals of the sport and not so much the experiences that I was getting or the places I was going or um, just taking, I mean, the coolest thing about triathlon is that you get to go explore via your training, like, or, like do a destination ride or just run a new route that's in like a, like a different area. And so I kind of lost that going into the Olympics and after the Olympics, that was one of my main goals is that I don't lose that again. And that I just take the time to be able to appreciate that we are on the road and make it, um, kind of try I mean, sometimes it takes me far out of my comfort zone. Um, just because things aren't natural to me or like if I don't know the language. So try not to get like flustered and see it more as like a learning experience than just um, as a stress. Yeah. That's a, a great attitude going forward with curiosity. Yeah. Like, I mean, even in Glasgow, uh, I've gone over, there's a river that, uh, Oh, I should know the name of it, but I don't. Um, and I've gone over it now via bridge, through a tunnel, and by a ferry that was like four minutes long. Sorry, <laughs> if that. It was probably two minutes long, but it was like the dinkiest little ferry ever. But it's like stuff like that that's just kind of cool and like fun to do. And we, so I have, a, I have my Garmin, so I'll map out a ride and, um, but I don't have the maps, so I'm just following like a blue line that has nothing around it. That has like and no so, streets or anything. Yeah, no streets, <laughs> just like just the blue line. And so it'll tell me like off course or whatever if I go off course and then I turn around and try and find it again. So that's why I ride the other day ended up being like it was supposed to be three hours and ended up being three hours and 45 minutes. But it was like fine because it was fun to just go on a new new place although I have to admit sometimes being 45 minutes over a ride does not seem fine to me yes but, <laughs> but I, had, I had I had a good attitude that day so it was all right um okay so you mentioned how before the Olympics you got kind of into like work mode are you yeah. do you find you're at your best when you're in like thinking of triathlon as work or play or something else like where's your sweet spot I think it's somewhere in between. It's definitely like a challenge thing. I find I'm at my best when um, I feel like I'm challenging myself in the workouts and kind of like exceeding my own expectations for myself, but also having the balance of taking, like I said, just taking the time to enjoy wherever I am. And um, whenever I get to a new place, like I like to go for a walk or go try and see something that I um, may not see, and it may seem like minuscule, like just, uh, I've done like a walking tour. I've done, um, like going, just going to like a pretty cathedral or a pretty place in the city or like around it. Um, and just kind of like something that makes you want to take a picture of it. it like <laughs> whether I take a picture or not, like just kind of going to check something out. I love that. I mean, that's that's the whole point of traveling right yeah and it's cool because every place I go um I send myself a postcard from me um and I write down like kind of like my thoughts and feelings on the place or like what's been going on or like I usually try to do it after the race um so like depending like how the race went but not necessarily focused just on the race so um, I think they'll be nice to look at when I'm, when I'm done. And do you actually put it in the mail? Oh yeah. So, I like, so, get it later? 
so fun fact, we don't have a mailbox. So I either have to send it to like family or, well, I have to send it to family or friends. And we live with my, we live with my sister-in-law on their property. But um, I always send it to my parents because I'm too embarrassed to send it to them. <laughs> so I, I send it to my mom's and dad's house in Maryland and I collect it because I feel like it's weird. Because I, I like literally write like, hi, Katie. <laughs> and I sign off, Katie with a smile. So I love it. Do you say things like I love you on there? No, I haven't gotten oh. that far yet, but I should. I love that idea. And fun fact, I didn't have an address for 16 months. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> yeah, so I totally get this. Yes. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to training and racing, you've got good days. You've got struggle bus days what's like what's your mental game how do you how do you get in the zone if you're not there how do you get yourself through the tough times so I think that's like a big thing that still is something that I'm learning and what's cool is I'm improving with is kind of like my mental game and just um knowing my own like mental diagnosis I guess for me which is not like self not in the way that I'm like self-diagnosing on like WebMD but just like kind of know what to be aware of what my triggers are and um, how to get back on track refocus and um, just stay on the task and I think one of the biggest things for me is First of all, like having the goals be process and not so much on the outcomes. So, um, and so I journal and I have before every race, I'll put like maybe five to 10 goals for that race from before the swim to the end of the race. And sometimes they're like have an aggressive like transition or run to transition or, um, other things are like how I want my mind to be like what I want to be focused on. Like one of my big words that I've been trying to do is like forward focus, forward focus. And I've been using that in the last couple of races. Uh, and I think, so I read a book, um, Dina Pastor's new book. I don't know if uh, let your mind run or, or might be butchering the title, but something, something like that. And I found it, it was like, it was so good. And one of the biggest things that stood out to me from the book is that she was saying like, just having, the book's a lot about like positivity, but, um, and how to stay positive. And that is, it's not something that it takes, like it takes effort to do that and look at the like, kind of keep your mind in that, in that realm. And one of the parts of her book was just like learning to go through different strategies. So like, if you're having a bad, if I'm having a bad workout, it's not just like, okay, like I'm going to try this and then like get all mad because that didn't work. It's like, okay, well, well shoot, that didn't work. Like, what can we think of now? Like, what can we think of now? Like, and um, so that's been something like that I've been kind of focusing on. It's like, okay, I think a strength of like the mental game is just knowing you can get back to it, like not getting mad if something doesn't work, but just trying something new and like always tricking yourself. So I guess that I, one. I, that's <laughs> super helpful. Thank you for sharing. It reminds me of something that I work on with my clients was um, I'll, before a race or an event, whatever, because I coach athletes and like corporate people, whatever. So yeah. Before a big goal, we focus on the process goals, but in a way where I haven't set ABC goals. So say the A goal would be be present mm -hmm. and B would be be curious and C would be be grateful and D would be learn something because the backup goal is always to learn something. So the, yeah. the plan is you aim for your A goal. So you aim to be present. If you catch yourself not being present, then you move on to the your backup goal for that, which is be to be curious instead. Okay. So you start being curious. If you yeah. find yourself not being curious, you switch to being grateful. If you find yourself unable to be grateful, you know, you're going to learn something. 
Yeah. I was going to say the magic that happens is that when you're, when you find your, when you slip from like presence to curiosity, you tend to end up being present again. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to think about that or pay attention. It's a fun one. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, for sure, like always learning something. I mean, I always think the worst, any worst times you have are probably the most beneficial in the long run. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that, you've crashed a few times. I have. (laughs) So what have you learned from those? (laughs) Well, that that I do have a bad side of my face now. (laughs) Um, No, I've learned, I think I've just learned, I mean, I want to say like, just being resilient but I think the hardest thing is crashing for me is bad not is bad but in general because it hurts but like also mentally that's one of my um that's one of my weaknesses is I would say bike skills so when I crash it really sets it kind of sets me back as long as I work myself up from the very basics again and like hopefully that goes gets faster as I like get more into things and um everything like that but it's really like going back to like a parking lot and doing cornering and following like Tommy's wheel like really slow and being okay with it and just like relaxing and um I guess just like for me crashing it's not the physical part that really like affects me it's it's the mental part that I find the hardest in just um regaining my confidence and it's something though that I've done like really well with for unfortunately the last two times that I've that it happened really recently (laughs) but but I was able like I mean Stockholm I crashed and um like got stitches in my face and um and then Rotterdam was the next race and I finished second at that race and on the podium for the world series. And then in Abu Dhabi this year, I crashed, hit the same side of my face, got stitches and had a concussion and my next race now, thankfully it was a little further down the road. It was like six weeks away, but um, ended up getting on the podium there as well. So um, it's definitely, I guess the biggest thing I learned is that it doesn't have to mean anything (laughs) like, and it doesn't reflect on myself. Like, I mean, it's not, it doesn't show like any, anything about that. It's just a point to get better. Yeah. I mean, it almost sounds like it might be lucky for you. You crash, you're going (laughs) to, but that might not be the technique you want to use going forward. No, I I would like to not. I feel like I've been pretty lucky so far, so so I'd like to keep it that way. It was kind of interesting that you land on the same side of your face both times. Oh, I looked looked almost exactly the same, I think. And I said the good thing is I know it heals fast. (laughs) (laughs) But this time, the time in Abu Dhabi, I had a concussion, so that was the scarier part. Well, Maybe not a concussion, but I lost consciousness, I guess. I guess I was talking to people, but I don't remember it at all. So Yeah, I don't know the specific I don't I don't know either. But I don't I don't want to use it the wrong way for people who do. Yeah. You had a head injury though. More than just your brain was involved. Yeah. (laughs) Um Katie, is there anything else you want to cover before we wrap this up? No, I think, no, I enjoyed talking to you. All right, me too. Thank you so much. Where oh. can people learn more about you? So they can follow me on Instagram at kzafira6. And I also have a Facebook uh, triathlete page, and I think it's just Katie Zafira's triathlete. Um, and those are probably the best ways. I do have a Twitter, but my husband is the Twitter expert. I just kind of, I don't know. I'm there, but not really. (laughs) 
feel you on that. Um, but we'll, we'll stay out of Twitter and we'll have the links to your Instagram and Facebook on, in the show notes. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Oh, wait, before we finish up, what's your next okay. race? Uh, next race is Hamburg and it is July 15th or 16th, 15th and 16th. Okay. We get the mixed team relay in the Olympics now. So that is awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very stoked on that. Okay. Hamburg in July. Then, then where? Then I actually get to go back to the United States and I'm going to have a Hampstead camp, which is my hometown. We actually have um, me, Tommy, Joanna Brown and Chelsea Burns fellow competitors and teammates and triathletes as well. They're going to come between Hamburg and our next race will be Edmonton, um, which is they're only two weeks apart. That's why kind of Maryland works for a camp. But uh, the most exciting part is that I get to meet my baby nephew. Yay. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, (laughs) good luck. We'll be cheering you on. I'm and thank you thank you for saying yes and thank you for having this conversation and thank you for juggling tricky wi-fi um, oh yes <laughs> we have this little party yeah sorry about the wi-fi <laughs> we'll thank take care you. of it <laughs> thanks katie no problem if you'd like to continue the conversation please head over to facebook and join the group find your awesome with kelsey abbott it's free and if you want more than that Go to my website, kelseyabbott.com, and there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.